Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Well, big welcome to Sabbatical Sunday 2023. And we're going to jump into God's Word just for a few minutes this morning. Now, looking back over my life, I have had thousands of spiritual moments, encounters. But I've probably only had a handful of epiphany spiritual moments with God. I remember the first one was uh, when I was a young boy, when I found faith in Jesus at 42 St. Walson's Road in Tavern. I remember in 1999 where I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when uh, a preacher was in town from Louisiana, America. I remember when I was 17, I was standing outside a nightclub in Norwich called Peppermint Park. And I remember making a decision that I was going to dedicate my life to to Jesus and the cause of his church. I remember in 2014, when we were preparing to start Soul Church, I had an encounter with nature where God spoke to me and, and clearly gave his direction for Soul Church and the next season of our lives. But in 2001, I was at Hillsong Conference in Australia. I just moved there as a student and uh, I was in the restroom and I got talking to a gentleman. I was asking, it was, a, it was, a, it was the conference and I, I was asking him what he was doing. And he was cleaning, mopping up the, in the restrooms. And I said, what do you do? I thought he was just a cleaner or a janitor in the arena. He said, I'm a lawyer. He said, I'm a lawyer and every year I dedicate a week of my life to serve others at the conference. And that was a huge moment for me as I saw this professional, would have been on a, a very handsome salary, but had given a week of his holidays, maybe three or four weeks a year, to serve other people. And I asked myself this question in that moment. What happens when ordinary people begin to serve? And today we are celebrating our dream team. We call them our dream team. They're our, they are our army of volunteers and we are so grateful to you. And uh, if you're listening or watching today, we want to say a huge thank you, a big thank. That's why we do what we do on Sabbatical Sunday, to give you a rest so you can enjoy some extra time with family and friends and loved ones in the sun or whatever you choose to do today to replenish yourself. But I ask myself that question, what happens when ordinary people begin to serve? That's kind of the title of my message today. What happens when ordinary people like you and I uh, begin to serve? And I realized as I stood there and worshipped with tens of thousands of people across that conference that a, that a, a city, a nation can be impacted through ordinary people serving an extraordinary God. And today really is a special Sunday because we want to celebrate every single one of our dream team. We're so grateful because we are seeing extraordinary things take place in our church with our new building, with the hundreds, if not thousands of people that call Soul Church home on a monthly basis. And uh, we want to say a huge thank yous. And one of, one of the greatest compliments people can pay Chantel and I or our board or our eldership is, is not necessarily how good the message is or the worship is or even the coffee, but the servant heart of our church family. People see 
uh, our volunteers standing on the road, welcoming people to church, parking cars, serving coffee, you know, cleaning up, putting out the, 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 the envelopes on seats, serving the homeless, serving in the supermarket. I could spend the next 10 minutes going through the various positions that people give their time and their efforts in Soul Church. And we are so grateful for you today. And Sabbatical Sunday is about valuing, valuing you. You know, I believe that there is no force in the world as powerful as the local church. What organization, what, what government, what charity can rally 200 plus volunteers on their day off every week to stand sometimes in um, boiling hot conditions outside or freezing cold conditions in the winter, you know, setting up chairs, as I've said, and feeding the homeless, connecting with people. What, what, what organization can do that? Because God has ordained, there is a mandate on the church. Jesus said, he said, I will build my church. There's something about the local church. And I believe that there is a God-given desire in each and every one of us to serve each other. I wonder if you've ever got lost. I remember back in the day, especially before we had um, smartphones with maps and all those uh, luxuries at our dis- uh, in our hands at our disposal. I remember back in the day, if you didn't have a map in the car and you got lost, there was only one way to get out of a, a lost p- uh, position. That was to wind down your window. Like I say, you probably don't even know is to wind down your window. Back in the day, we didn't press a button. We used to have to, but it was like going to the gym in the car. You'd have to wind down your window and... Uh, you. Put your, stick your head out and ask someone for directions. And it amazes me in growing up when I used to get lost and ask people for directions. Near enough, every time when you'd stop someone, even in the rain, the wind, the, 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 the heated conditions, whatever those conditions were, there was this thing where people always seemed to want to help you. Why? Because I believe there is a God-given uh, desire inside of people to, to, to help others. And some people don't even realize it's inside of them until you ask someone. And, you know, people, uh, people in our church, we have people in our church who don't attend our church, but love to serve others. We even have people from different faiths who love to serve people in our city connected to our church, but don't attend our church. Why? Because at Soul Church, you can belong before you believe. And Jesus set himself out a mandate when it comes to servitude. He said in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 45, for that even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. I love the fact that King Jesus did not come down to the earth to be served, but to serve and give his life for his church. And Jesus carried out the greatest act of service as he went to the cross and laid down his life for you and I. And everything about the church, the kingdom of God, it works the exact opposite to the way of the world. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, it says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, if you serve others, you will find it. And as I've been in local church now serving for over 23 years in full-time ministry, I've personally seen what happens when ordinary people begin to serve. Three things unfold. I want to share these three things with us really quickly uh, this morning. Number one is this, that purpose is found. Your purpose is found. Volunteers regularly inform us they can't wait to get to church 
on a Sunday to surf. It was a little bit like that gentleman in that arena in Sydney. He couldn't wait for the week to come around in the year where he got to lay his tools down for his work and pick up the mop and serve others. He said it was his favorite week of the year. And a lot of people, they love to get to church to serve. And, you know, volunteers don't get paid. They, you know, often people turn down overtime on a Sunday so that they can be in church to serve others for free. Why would you do that? There can only be one response to this question. It's because purpose is found. Purpose is found. When you serve others, there is a sense of finding purpose in our lives. I think everyone on earth is searching for purpose. Often we think new possessions or material things will fill that gap in our lives. But it's not until we give our lives to others that we actually feel a sense of true purpose. Statistics tell us that 80% of people attending church, thankfully that's not our church, but across the United Kingdom, 80% of people attending church in the UK don't serve. Ironically, 80% of people attending church in the UK also I'm told, don't know their purpose in life. That's really interesting. It's amazing when you begin to serve others that you begin to discover your God-given purpose. We're going to reflect just for a few moments on the life of David. David... was, was, the, was the son of Jesse. He was one of eight brothers. And he was left in a field to serve his brothers their lunch um, while his other brothers uh, were, 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 were out in the field fighting the Philistine army, fighting Goliath. And they, David was left in charge of the sheep. He was, he was left in charge of running the family farming business. And his role was simply to serve his brothers, to to make them breakfast, to make them lunch before they went off to fight the Philistines. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 15, it says, But David went back and forth to feed his father's sheep. I don't know about you, but if there is a battle going on, the last place I want to be is uh, feeding sheep. I want to be in the battle. I want to be amongst the action. But David was faithful as a servant where God called him to be. I am a huge, huge believer that purpose in life is found when you offer your life to serve others. You know, I've got an illustration here. And so often we we, we come to church and we, we can't, it's like going to a restaurant. We get, we get our serviette and we, and we tuck it in and we get our knife and fork and we say, you know, come and, come and serve me. Come and serve me. You know, and we come to church. Where's my parking spot? Where, where's my seat? Where's my favorite worship song today? Where's my favorite preacher? When's Pastor Robert Ferguson coming back? Some real, some real teaching. Why don't I get to speak? Why don't I get to leave? And we can have this mentality of, you know, others need to serve, but Jesus... Jesus did the exact opposite. He said, I haven't come, I haven't come to be served, but I've come to serve. Jesus went through his ministry serving others. The serviette was on his hand looking for ways he could serve the people's needs. And God doesn't call us to positions or titles. 
The calling on our lives is to serve others. I believe that our goal is to be focused on the Great Commission. The Great Commission is Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, what is the goal? The goal is souls. The goal is reaching other souls. The goal is not role-focused, but goal-focused. Too many leaders, and I've struggled with this in the past, we are focused on the role. What's my role? What's this? What's that? But Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. It's interesting that Jesus identifies himself first in the Gospels as a servant before he identifies himself as Lord. And I believe that as, 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 as the church, we don't see ourselves first as leaders or titles, but as servants. We see ourselves as servants who've been given opportunities to lead. And so our role is to fill the gap wherever there is a need. So the first thing that happens when ordinary people begin to serve is purpose is found. I've met so many amazing people in our Soul Church family who've come into church and suddenly they begin to serve in the kids team, in the production team, and suddenly they discover unique sets of gifts and skills inside of themselves that they never even knew they had simply by picking up a camera, simply by trying a new skill. I want to encourage you today. This is kind of a, a rally cry to, 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 to our church as we head into the new building. We need you. Your country needs you, as we said in the war, but your church needs you as we move forward. So purpose is found. The second thing that takes place is extraordinary things. Extraordinary things take place when ordinary people put up their hands to serve. In 1 Samuel 37, we read an ordinary servant, David, accomplishing extraordinary exploits for God. I think we all know this story, but it says, Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. He slung it and struck the Philistine, that was Goliath, in his forehead, so that the stone sank in deep to the forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. David not only discovered his purpose in serving others, but extraordinary things took place. You see, when David was in the field serving his brothers and they were off to war, he was getting good with the slingshot. A lot of people thought, wow, he just threw a stump. You don't just throw a cricket ball and hit the stumps. You don't just kick a football and it goes in the top corner. You have to practice. You have to get good. And so while his, his brothers were out at war in the Philistine, David was practicing day in, day out with the slingshot. And he was getting good. So when he went up with Goliath, all those times where he felt like he'd been left in the field and he was just serving and no one was watching, it was his moment where something extraordinary was going to take place. And often we look for the extraordinary in a special meeting, as we heard from uh, uh, Robert, I was going to say Pastor Robert Ferguson, but Robert Ferguson last weekend. But often it's just in the 
every day. And God shows up in the everyday moment. As David was just practicing every day, maybe he was keeping wolves away from the sheep or predators. But as he was doing that every day, God was preparing him for something extraordinary. And as you serve, maybe as you put chairs out, as you serve coffee, as you help people on our, in our Wellbeing Wednesday, as you, as you love people, as you serve in the supermarket, you might think, who's watching? Who, is there anything happening? But let me tell you, there are extraordinary things taking place, extraordinary things that are going to take place. In the First and Second World War, we, we often remember the sacrifice of the military. But often we forget the impact of the volunteers. Over 1.5 million civilians signed up in 1940. And Winston Churchill named that group of people, we named them the Dream Team, Winston Churchill named them the Home Front. And is it amazing those on the home front would make the uniforms? They would help those who'd lost people in battle. They were, they were the unsung heroes of the war. I want to encourage you, could it be that these everyday moments, everyday moments of our volunteers, and I know you get here early, and I know you serve, and I know you do so incredible things, but so much of what we see at the extraordinary is taking place because of the ordinary moments that you faithfully commit and serve in our youth ministry and our kids ministry and you know in, in our send room and so many of the various ministries that we have. God does great things with the ordinary. Don't dismiss the ordinary. Don't think my little thing doesn't matter. It matters. And the Bible is clear. If we want to be great, we've got to serve. So we honor you today. We honor every single one of our dream team today. The extraordinary miracles we see take place in our church is because of the thousands of ordinary acts of service in our church family. And I believe, church, when we give God our ordinary, when we give him what we have, you say, John, what, what do I have? Can you smile? If you can smile, God can use you. If you can stand on our front door and welcome people with a big smile next weekend or the weekend after, we need you. Why? Because there's a lot of people who are coming in with a tough, they may have had a tough week. Maybe they lost a loved one. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe they're going for a divorce. And your smile could be the very thing. Your just ordinary smile could be the very thing they need to get them through another day. Think about the little boy, just a few loaves and fishes. What does, a, what does a Subway tuna sandwich do amongst 5,000 people? It's amazing. When you give what you have in your hand to Jesus, he takes what's ordinary and he makes something extraordinary with it. And even though we're just ordinary people, when we decide to serve, extraordinary things take place. I want to finish off this point with a story. I was the youth pastor in this church many, many years ago, 20 plus years ago. And um, maybe not quite that long, 18 years ago, getting a bit old, but I'm still hanging on to my 40s, just, no, I'm young. And uh, as a youth pastor, the, uh, what was called 
the, the sisterhood back then. It used to be called Wow Women of Worth. And uh, the, the men were asked to serve at the Women of Worth night. And so I gathered all the young men and we, we, it, was a, it was a freezing cold January evening. And the, 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 the girls were inside listening to a great message and having pancakes and all sorts of things. And they were loving life. And a snowstorm came in in the middle of that service. And uh, so I said to the lads, I said, why don't we go outside and make sure we clear all the cars, clear all the windscreens and um, clear the ice off the cars. And so when the girls come out, they can drive home safely. And so all these young men went outside with de-icer and scraping the cars and we didn't really think too much of it. But that night there was a lady in her 60s. Her name was Christine. And Christine was invited to church for the first time. And she came in and she wasn't too interested if she, if she was honest in the message or the worship. She found it all a little bit strange. She'd had a pretty difficult life with her husband and uh, she'd been in an abusive relationship. When she came out of the church that night and she saw that somebody, somebody had cleared her windscreen, somebody had de-iced her car for her. She, got it. she began to cry. She began to weep. And she realized that something was different. And it wasn't the music. It wasn't the message. It wasn't the, the bright lights, all the things we sometimes think that have an impact in people's lives. It was the act of servitude from a young man, a young person who decided to say, I'm going to do something ordinary. The next week, Christine came back to the church and she gave her heart to Jesus. She told us the story of some of the abuse she'd been through. And she said, never in my life have, has any man ever treated me the way that that young man treated me that night. She came in, she gave her heart to Jesus. She was discipled. She ended up coming on staff. She's now gone on to heaven to be with Jesus. Isn't it amazing that that one ordinary act of service had an eternal impact on Christine? I actually wonder if... That young man who decided to clean that car, if he hadn't have decided that night, whether Christine would have just come in and left and we never saw her again. But you see, when ordinary people just decide to do something ordinary with their lives, God takes what's ordinary and he makes it and turns it into the extraordinary. So purpose is found. Extraordinary things take place. And number three, community is established. Can I, just, can I just be totally honest here? Speaking to an empty room reminds me of 2021. Rod, our amazing cameraman who's filming this right now, we were just joking and saying, this kind of brings some flashbacks of COVID and that whole season. Um, but what we all realized in the COVID season, and there were some good memories and lots of extra time with family and friends. And I think there were some, so many positives to take from that season. But I think what we all can take away is we all need community. Don't trick yourself that we can survive without it. You cannot survive without each other. That's why the Bible says don't forsake coming together, coming together. Romans 12 verse 4 says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. You and I belong to each other. Paul's describing here that the church, the family of God, 
they're all different. Just like every member of your body is different. Your toe is definitely different to your tongue. Okay, don't confuse the two. But we need the toe to walk and we need the tongue to taste. And every single person in a church community, from the youngest to the oldest, you play your part. You add to the body. And one of the best ways to connect and build community in our church is to be part of a team. You say, well, why do I need to be part of a team? Because when you're part of a team, uh, you're noticed when, 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 when you're absent. If you've ever watched a game of football or rugby or any sport, really, team sport, when a man or a woman gets sent off, isn't it interesting how you notice suddenly you go from 11 men to 10 men? You notice the absence of a player on the field. And it's exactly the same when it comes to our dream team in church. When you're not part of a team, uh, when, you, when you're not there, you, you're noticed, you're missed. So I encourage you, don't do life alone. Don't underestimate the power of servitude. Maybe you've been serving for years. Some, some of you are watching today, you've been serving for years, standing on the same door, shaking the same hands, serving the same cup of coffee. And you think, does it, does it really matter? Is it worth it? Does anyone really notice me? To every one of you, Chantal and I today, we want to say thank you. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for staying at your post. Thank you for being you. Thank you for the dedication over the past nine years to our Soul Church family. We want to say thank you. There is just something so powerful about an individual that keeps showing up. You know, not everyone is called to full-time ministry. In fact, I don't think that that is, if everyone joined the full-time ministry, uh, the, world, the, the world would stop. But I believe that we are all called to serve. We're all called to serve. So I want to encourage you today to think about, the takeaway today is to think about, where do I serve? To ponder this thought. You know, I heard a story a while ago of a young man called Clifford Calvary who walked across Niagara Falls in 1892 on a tightrope with no safety net. I mean, he, he was definitely brave. If you've ever seen Niagara Falls, it is terrifying. And the first time he walked across with a, a balancing rod, and then he, then he, then he decided he's going to walk back and throw his rod over the side, and he just used his arms for stability. And the, the onlookers were staring at him with astonishment. Then he went one step further. So not only did he walk up for the first time with the rod, and then he walked without the rod. The third time he walked across, he pushed a wheelbarrow. Can you imagine pushing a wheelbarrow across a tightrope, Niagara Falls? One slip, just one slip over the edge, and his life is over. So as he's walking back, the crowd were going crazy. And looks over, and this man shouts at him, he shouts, sorry, he looks over to a man and he, and he shouts, do you believe I can push this not only all the way there, but all the way back? And the crowd is shouting, yes, yes, Clifford, you can do it. And he said, well, you get in it then. And that changed the response. I want to encourage us today. Why don't you get in? Why don't you get in and serve? Instead of just believing, why don't you get in and get involved and start serving? You know, we're heading into this new season with the new building and the building is probably two and a half the size, two and a half times the size of this building. And we've got more entrances and exits. We've got just 
a whole lot more areas to get involved in. You're saying, well, why are we talking about this? We're not moving in for another 190 odd days. Well, we need to start preparing ourselves now. And so we want to rally the church to really consider. And you don't have to make a decision today. I want to throw it out there to consider about getting involved in serving as we cross into our new building. And I believe if we're going to see a church which is going to impact our city. We've been talking about revival a lot over the past two or three weeks, but we're going to see a church that's going to impact the city and we're going to see revival. It starts by being a servant. So I encourage you to, to pray about this. Many people are waiting for the right time and the right place to start serving. You know, sometimes you just, you get involved in one area and it connects you to the next area. You know, sometimes it's simply just a matter of, can I help putting the chairs out? Can I help just being part of the, the team to make the church excellent on a Sunday? Can I, can I get involved in the supermarket? You know, we have thousands of people now on our, on our database that access our supermarket for food. And we're constantly looking for people to come and serve. And so Soul Church, it's been said that we're not built on the gifts and the talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. So today we honor your sacrifices. We celebrate your sacrifices. We pray that you're receiving rest today from your, from your hard work and your toil over the past few months. <clears throat> but this is interesting that one day there will be a, a eulogy spoken of all of us. But this was David's eulogy in the, in the book of Acts. It says in chapter 13, it says, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. David served God's purposes while he was alive. What a great eulogy of a king. A king's eulogy was that he was a servant. Wow. So today as we rest, we re replenish and get ready for what I believe we're going into, which is revival season, a harvest season, a bountiful season of souls and miracles and an outburst of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage us and challenge us to consider playing our part. I believe we all want to see God move in our city and our nation and all the things that I spoke about a couple of weeks ago and Robert Ferguson spoke about uh, the ingredients of revival. But the reality is you and I, we need to get in. We need to get in the wheelbarrow, as Clifford said. We need to get involved and Yes, sometimes it feels risky and sometimes there's, you know, there's challenges and there's a cost involved in that. But I believe God wants to move and he wants to move with ordinary people like you and I. So why don't we try and answer our question? What happens when ordinary, everyday people begin to serve? Well, purpose is found. Extraordinary things take place and community is established. Let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you for rest. We thank you on this day of rest where we get to spend some time with family, friends, and loved ones. We look back and we say thank you for the good things, the incredible things, the extraordinary things that have taken place in our church through the ordinary lives of individuals like you and I. Father, we, we bless your holy name. And we know that we're going into a new season, a new season of a revival, a new season of the extraordinary. But Father, in that, you require us, you and I. So I pray, Father, that you would raise up an army 
of servants in our church. Those who maybe they've been sitting on the, on the touchline, those who haven't yet dipped their feet, those who said, I'm happy to watch like the crowd at Niagara Falls, but I don't want to get in. I pray, Lord, that you would stir people's hearts to get involved. Stir people's hearts to serve on the production team, Father, and the cafe team, Father, on the welcome team, in the, in the foundation, the homeless, Father. There are so many areas that we can all jump in and serve. And Father, I pray for the group of people who are waiting maybe for that perfect opportunity. Maybe they just need to jump in. And God, you promised that you'll work it out. So we thank you today. We love you. We thank you. You set us the greatest example. King Jesus, you are the greatest servant of all. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church. Well, what a great message by Pastor John. Man, I'm so encouraged. I'm so inspired by hearing those stories of ordinary people doing ordinary acts of service that, that ended up in all extraordinary testimonies, extraordinary stories of lives being changed. And maybe you want to be a part of the team to get in the wheelbarrow, to serve and be a part of the vision. Well, there's going to be a QR code on the screen. Why don't you scan that? And we'd love to plug you in. But that being said, and in light of, of everything that Pastor John's spoken about, I can't help but think of Jesus, the ultimate example of servanthood, the ultimate example of serving. You know, it's so much so that he even washed his disciples' feet. So much so that he spoke to people that, that others wouldn't even look at. He was the ultimate example of humility. So humble that he lowered himself here onto earth and he walked as a man. The Bible says that he walked fully man, fully God. That he felt our pain, that he felt our suffering. And today, maybe you're in your living room, in your car, wherever you may be. You're saying to yourself, I'd love to walk in relationship with that Jesus. I'd love to walk in relationship with that person. I want to extend an invite to you today. If you're sitting here and you're saying, Adi, that's me. I want to become a Christian. I want to live for Him. Then all you have to do, the Bible says, is believe in your heart and declare with your mouth. The Bible says in all four Gospels that Jesus walked fully man, fully God, that He died on a cross and that He was risen from the grave. It says, whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. And we get the opportunity to step into that today. So if that's you, why don't you say this prayer with me? It's going to come up on the screen and we can pray together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sin and failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and live for you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, wherever you're at, we want to say a big congratulations. Man, we'd love to welcome you, connect you in. Maybe next Sunday as you come back into church, we want to welcome you, connect you in at our Connect Lounge and give you a Bible. But until then, we want to encourage you to download the Bible app. Download the Bible app, read it. Read all about Jesus, all about what He did. And secondly, send us an, an email. You can send us an email below on the email address. We'd love to connect with you, get you plugged in, and, show, and take you on this journey of being a Christian. 
Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.